Chan, and welcome to the Hearts of Fire podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today for our Easter season discussion and remind you that whether you're watching this episode on YouTube or listening to us on a podcast, make sure to never miss an episode by clicking the subscribe button now. We appreciate your support of the Hearts of Fire podcast. Now on to today's discussion with our guest, Sister Miriam Catherine Nevitz. For those of you who don't know her, Sister Miriam Catherine has ministered at schools such as St. Luke's, Holy Cross, Father Lopez High School, and Dominican College. Along with her education ministry, Sister Miriam has also ministered as the archivist at Dominican College and the historian of the Sisters of St. Dominic of Blavelt. Welcome, Sister Miriam Catherine, and thank you for joining the Hearts of Fire podcast today to discuss the Easter season. Thank you, Katie, and welcome and good morning to everyone who's listening, and thank you for tuning in. Well, Sister Miriam, first off, I want to wish you a happy Easter. I hope that you had a lovely day. And what did you do to celebrate Easter? Well, Easter really started during Holy Week for us, and we were very blessed. It was a nice, peaceful, quiet time, and it was uh, a time to really be quiet and appreciate the gift of our faith. Very lovely. Moving, fo- moving forward, some of our listeners may not know that even though Easter Day has passed, we've officially entered into the Easter season. So, Sister Miriam, can you please share with our listeners, why do we celebrate the Easter season after Easter Day has passed? Well, Easter is a very unusual time. Uh, you know, Christmas is one day and the youngsters look forward to presents. And then after that, we have the days within the octave of Christmas. That is not so with Easter. When we have the Easter, it begins on Holy Saturday night, and the whole ceremony is so thought-provoking, faith-startling, and uh, it just sets your heart afire again. It begins with a new fire, and that new fire is really the beginning of a new year. And from the fire, we bless a Paschal candle. And that Paschal candle is lighted that night. And then it remains in the altar, close to the altar. Right now, it's in the center of our choir section. And we light it every day during Mass because it represents Christ's physical presence among us. Then it's moved to the side of the altar, but it's lighted every time we have Mass until the end of the Easter season. And in that candle, besides the wonderful concept of light and love and newness, there are five grains of incense that are representing the the suffering, the death, the wounds of Christ. There are five grains for the hands, the feet, and the head. So we don't light the candle without recognizing the fact that it costs for us to have new light and the price was paid by our Lord. The the next thing that happens on Holy Saturday is a solemn hymn of exalted that tells the whole creation to exalt, that we have been blessed, we have been saved. So Easter is uh, begins at a vigil, it goes on, and the, the Ceremony of Holy Saturday used to be about two hours. We're very fortunate now, if you like that, that we cut it down a wee bit. We now have a (laughs) section of readings that 
includes the whole story of creation, the Passover, the Jews, you know, the promises made by God to the chosen people. And that's to remind us that we, our present Christians, are the new chosen people. We have been invited in and here we are. So, you know, this using of the Paschal candle and the concept of Christ being present. And the reason Christ came and walked among his followers was because there had been other leaders and they had a great following. And then when they died, their followers, their followers disappeared. Um, you know, Christ was a wonderful example for teachers. I used to teach, I taught for a long time on every level. But, you know, we had the youngsters for maybe a year, maybe for a semester. Christ had 12. My first class, I had 64 second graders. That's still very impressive. Oh, it was. But, you know, it was a whole different era. You can tell. That was a long time ago. (laughs) But the youngsters came in, they sat, and they paid attention. But Christ had 12 for three years. One denied him. One, well, one betrayed him, one denied him, and all the others except one ran away. And yet when Christ came to them on Easter Sunday, the first words he said to them were, peace be with you. Christianity is a, it's a religion, it's a faith, it's a belief that we are peaceful people, that peace can reside in our, in our hearts, in our, in our being, and faith kind of sparks that. Yes, we have difficulties, but so did Christ, and he's our example. So Easter Sunday, the tomb is empty because he's not there. He's back with us. He's among us. And, you know, the, uh, the story of Mary Magdalene is a wonderful story. And don't forget, at the time, women had absolutely no rights. Mm-hmm. Yet when Mary came to the tomb looking for Jesus, uh, she thought he was the gardener. And she says, you know, where have you put him? And I'll go find him. All he says to her is Mary. But she recognizes that. Remember when you were a youngster and you were in the playground and your mother called you? You knew it was your mother calling I and knew you yeah, I had to be there was, immediately, if not you sooner. Answered, you answered. I could always tell by the way my mother said my name, whether it was to go to a store or if she had seen a mouse. Then I just had to <laughs> run into the kitchen and make a little noise so the mouse would hide and go away. But, you know, it was the way, the accent, we know our mother's voices. Well, Mary knew Jesus' voice. And she says to him, Rabboni. Now, rabbi means the same as Rabboni, except Rabboni means that that teacher is a very special teacher. There's a special connection. So, you know, you start with that tomb being empty, the women, and she was the apostle to the apostles. So Christ was not afraid to single out women during his life. So we hope that sometime... uh, some others recognize women's place in the world, but that's Absolutely. not going to happen in my lifetime. But anyway, Christ had these wonderful men with him for three years. And that night, Easter Sunday, when he comes to them, 
the first thing he says to them is peace be with you. And that is such a, you know, it, it kind of warms your heart to, to know that we're okay. No matter what we do, how Christ will always welcome us back. So everyone is forgiven, not some, all. This coming Sunday is the Sunday of Divine Mercy. And the Sunday of Divine Mercy is a wonderful Sunday. Uh, you know, remember, if you have been reading or if you listen, the apostles were there, but Thomas wasn't there. And when they told Thomas, you know, we have seen the Lord. And he said, oh, you know, poo poo, you can't be, that can't be true. He's dead. But he said, unless I put my fingers into his side and into his wounds, I will not believe. So the next time that Jesus appears, Thomas is there and he calls him over and he said, here, put your hands in, feel it. I'm really real. So it's the resurrection of Jesus's body. Oh, you know, I forgot to tell you that the Paschal candle is lighted now after, after it goes away for, and they put it away after the Ascension or Pentecost. Uh, we use it at funerals to remind us that we are resurrected. So when, Christ, when Peter, I mean, when um, Thomas says, you know, my Lord and my God, we say that every day at Mass. When you look at the host, you know, it's my Lord and my God. So we are repeating what Thomas said and know that we have been forgiven for all the craziness that we do. You know, life is not always a bowl of cherries, but cherries have pits and so does life. So that's very wise. I'm sorry, what? I said that's very wise. Oh, well, that's the truth, you know. So Thomas says, my Lord and my God, and that's the night that Jesus tells them whose sins you are forgiven, they are forgiven them. So between Holy Thursday and the Sundays, Christ instituted the Eucharist, the priesthood, penance. And, you know, those are the, the gifts that we have. Baptism, certainly, because at the Easter Vigil, we renew our baptismal promises and we're sprinkled with water. And sometimes we get a little wet if the priest happens to know who you are. So that's, you know, it's divine mercy is the forgiveness. It's a Sunday of, you know, we're all moving closer to the love of God. And, you know, receive the Holy Spirit. Uh, I'll talk about the Trinity as we move along. But, you know, it's, it's a part of the whole concept of our religion. And God wanted to share that love, the love that explodes within him in the creation of the world. And that's why Holy Saturday, we began with the first reading is always the creation story, that God was lonely and he wanted to share his, his love and his, his gifts with the world. Okay, and then the next Sunday after Thomas, which is coming Sunday, on the 18th, we have the two of the two um, apostles or you know followers anyway, who were on the road to Emmaus, and you know they were so disheartened and they were so upset. You know what happened? They thought that Jesus was going to be the savior, 
and then he dies, and then he's not there, and then they say the tomb is empty. Where could he be? And so on the way to Emmaus, this stranger kind of comes along and walks with them, and he listens, and he asks what, what has them so upset. And they wonder, are you the only one who hasn't heard what's going on? Then they proceed to tell him about what happened to their friend, their leader. And then Jesus explains to them, beginning with the Old Testament, beginning with all of the stuff that you and I have read since we were in Bible studying school. And then when they arrive, uh, Jesus has, he's going to go on, you know, I'm, I'm not staying here, but they, oh, please stay and have supper with us. Then he goes in with them and at the breaking of the bread, at the breaking of the bread, they recognize him and their hearts, oh, wow, they, they explode with love and recognition. So now they run back to Jerusalem because they have to tell the others, we've seen him. And he's alive and he's real. And the reason he had to do this and stay with them, there had been other leaders who just, their leaders, I mean, their followers all disbanded. But these leaders, these followers, all of a sudden, they're privy to these mysteries that are going on. How could he be alive? And then he tells them, I told you I would be back. I told you I would rise. Did you not understand me? It's like, <laughs> you know, I taught for, as I said, for a number of years on all levels. It's like, how can you not know that I'm telling you this, you know? But here they were. And so it's these, it's all these different angles, all these different stories that make us realize that it has to be real. Okay, the next Sunday is I am the good shepherd. You know, when Christ says, I am, we can take those two words and put it into one and say, God. Because when Moses said to God, why am I going to tell the people, what's your name? And God answered, I am. So when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and then the next Sunday, he's going to say, I am the vine. I am. God is the good shepherd. God is the vine. So we'll do the good shepherd first. And he talks about, I, I go after the sheep that are lost. And many of us can put ourselves in that. And then he, we are the ones who would be picked up and put around his shoulders and carried back into the flock. I don't know of anybody who has gone through life without doing some little misdemeanor. So you know, the, good shepherd, the good shepherd comes after us. We're the lost sheep. And he put he gives us special attention. If you're a goody goody, you know that everybody walks away. They don't want to be hanging out with you. So the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And you know, it's a very gentle way of saying. Don't forget, I suffered and I died for you. And I did that because I love you. So, you know, God is the good shepherd. God is the vine. Uh, I'm not a gardener, but I do know that if I have a plant or if I have a vine and I cut off a branch, the branch withers up, 
it dries up and it dies. If the brand, if you want the the flowers to grow, you have to water them. If you want the the vine to grow, you have to keep your branches attached. So we have to remain attached to the source. If we cut ourselves off from the source, we will wither and dry up and we will have no life for ourselves or to give to others. And basically that's what life is about. How can I help? How can I support? How can I do something for somebody else? So uh, uh, pruning sometimes, and none of us like to be pruned. Pruning means to chop off where we have gone astray, to make amends, to say you're sorry, to you know help somebody along who is, might be in need of something else. So we move through, and each Sunday when we go and you read through the Gospels, we're getting a new insight into the love of God for us. So that as we move along through the Easter season, we can see that there are lessons to be learned, that Christ had 12 apostles. But, you know, as we went back and said, one denied him, one betrayed him, you know, and you have um, the others ran away. And now he's saying to them, I want you to know who I am so that you can know who you are. And I love you. And I want you to take this and move with it. So when we come to the sixth Sunday, not after, but of Easter, we come to the fact where all are welcome. In that gospel on that Sunday, Peter, who was a you know pretty good Jew, goes and he invites a Gentile, or he goes into the house of a Gentile. And of course, that was a no-no. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm smiling. I, it just came when I was a youngster. I went into a Greek house. I had a friend whose baby brother was going to be christened, and I knew he was going to be dumped into the water, and I wasn't going to miss it. And I had to run upstairs, and I saw the icons, and I was in a Greek church. And when I came out, after I saw that, I ran out as soon as I saw the youngster in the dipped into the water. I ran out. My father was at the bottom of the stairs and grabbed hold of me and told me not to tell my mother. So I I can associate with Peter going into this house of the of the Gentiles and people not wanting to like why is he doing that? That's a no no. But the, it's because God loves everyone, whether you're you know you're a Jew or a Gentile or a Muslim or whatever, you know. God's love is embracing all of us. All people are invited into the kingdom. Then we come to Ascension Thursday. And Ascension Thursday, Jesus had promised them that when I go, I will send the spirit. And I can't send the spirit until I go. So he kind of prepares them for this. But can you imagine standing on the mountain and all of a sudden watching him go up, not in a hot balloon and not in a helicopter, but just rising up and going into the heavens and being swallowed up by clouds? I, I certainly can. It's, it's awesome. Awesome. And they stand there looking and say, what happened? Where did you go? You know, and the angel coming and saying, well, he told you he was going to do that. 
<laughs> Don't you believe what he told you? So that's Ascension Thursday. And remember, he had to go to heaven. That's what he said, to send down the Holy Spirit. And the Sunday in between Ascension and the Pentecost is the gospel is God is love. And, and you know, it's love is, is a many splendid thing, as a song once said, you know. But uh, it's, it's the, a reflection of God. John tells us that if we love one another, God remains in us. Is it easy to love everybody? Not on your life. Love. I, I think you have to remember that it doesn't mean that I'm going to want to have coffee with everybody, but it does mean I don't want people to be hurt. I don't want you to fall down the stairs, even if I'd like to trip you. So it means loving one, like being kind. Once in a while, saying a prayer for somebody whom you don't like. And that's not always easy. But God no, is that. No, I know it's not. So, uh, but that's the Sunday between the Ascension and the Holy Spirit. Then comes Pentecost. And if you want miracles and if you want drama, you know, God's a master at it all. Can you imagine a, a whirl of a wind? You know, there's a little poem that you taught, I taught in the second grade, you know, who have seen the wind, neither you nor I, but when the trees bow down, the wind is passing by. So when the when these winds came and the, the, the walls rumbled, you know, and then all of a sudden you look up and there's a little kind of fire above everybody's head, you know, oh, this is awesome. Talk <laughs> about armor, you know, but it is to call our attention, to grab us, to make us sit up, pay attention. But here you go, and the Holy Spirit comes, and then these men who were practically illiterate, you know, they certainly did not go to language schools, they go out and they begin to preach. And the people heard them in their own language. So there were Medes and there were people from all parts of, of the area. And they're saying, how come? You know, how come this is happening? And that day, that day alone, like many, many be, began to believe in what they were saying. And just as to end up this little um, kind of commentary before Katie asked me another question, you know, the next Sunday is Trinity Sunday. And I like to think that if we are conscious and if we try to be aware, we can find, you know, kind of signs of God every place. John Dryden uh, was a 17th century English poet laureate, wrote a, a, a wonderful song for St. Cecilia's Day, but it begins with, in harmony, in heavenly harmony, the universal frame began. Harmony requires several. So the universal frame began with the harmony among the three persons of God. The Father was the creator, the Son was the redeemer, and the Holy Spirit is the sanctifier. He brings us the graces that we need. 
God is with us always. I like the Dominican German theologian Meister Eckhart, who said, let God be God in you. We are made in God's image, and if we don't suffocate God, we can be a reflection of God in our world today. So that's my prayer. Okay, Katie, what do you want to ask? Well, thank you for that lovely explanation. I can certainly see why you were everyone's favorite teacher. Um, <laughs> speaking of your former students, we have a few people who are watching this live right now on YouTube. And one of your former students from Father Lopez High School named John commented and said hello and wanted John to let you no, John Bartoloni. And okay. He wanted to let you know that you were an outstanding English teacher and that you taught him many years ago to read first, to learn, and then to enjoy. Yes, I remember John. And I hear from him sometimes. So do you have a question? I do. You know, we're starting to run a little bit close to the end of the episode, but if you could sum it up in a sentence or less or uh, maybe a few sentences. Uh, what does this time mean to you personally and as a Dominican sister? Well, um, it's, it's a joyous time. I love, I love the springtime. I live in Blauvelt, which is kind of a beautiful, we're very blessed to have the, the property that we have. And in springtime, when the flowers come up, I said to one of my friends one time, we married a millionaire and we didn't even know it. So what does it mean to me? It means new life. It means beauty, breath of spring. Um, and it, it's all tied up with, we begin the day praising God and asking God to help us. And I would hope that many people would kind of start their day asking God to bless them and those they love. And I'm blessed to have many people whom I love. Well, thank you for that, Sister Miriam Catherine. And most importantly, thank you for joining us today on the Hearts of Fire podcast. And we hope that you will join us for future discussions. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you, everyone. Before we go, I'd like to remind you that if you enjoyed today's discussion, please let us know by giving the Hearts of Fire podcast a five-star rating on Apple Podcast. We hope that you will join us for our next episode with Sister Seal Lavin, where we will be discussing Earth Day and ways we can better care for the environment. Thank you again for tuning in to the Hearts of Fire podcast, and please know that you are in the daily prayers of our sisters and associates. Thank you.